This episode is brought to you by FX's The Veil, starring Elizabeth Moss. FX's The Veil is an international spy thriller that follows two women as they play a deadly game of truth and lies on the road from Istanbul to Paris and London. One woman has a secret, and the other has a mission to reveal it before thousands of lives are lost. FX's The Veil, now streaming, only on Hulu. Oh, hey. Sorry I didn't see you there. This is an audio medium. If you grew up with Disney Channel shows, decoms, and music, the Time Machine is ready for you to take a trip back to those golden days. Quick! Before the time reaches 8-7 Central! What is up, time travelers? Welcome back to the Time Machine podcast with me, Becca Stogner. And me, Hunter Martin. It's me. Hi. Get out. No, <laughs> I refuse. I, we know oh. you're Swifty. We know you're Swifty. I'm not. No. Yeah, you are. You're literally wearing an I love Taylor Swift shirt right now. Imagine. Too bad it's an audio medium and you have no way to prove it. If you use footage from the Zoom, people will see that this is an ACDC shirt. AKA um, Taylor Swift. I don't know. I don't know where I'm going with this. What's new with you, Becca? Oh, um, I have just been, you know, getting ready for the holidays, doing some holiday stuff. This is our last full episode that we'll record in 2022. <gasps> You're right. So we're just taking in those vibes. Processing. Processing. Um, through... The month of December that we've been giving y'all a little snippet into other holiday things, not directly related to the Disney Channel to look into. And we were going to speak on the Santa Claus's limited series today. And not half an hour ago, it's just <laughs> been renewed for season two. Yeah. Much to my shook. Because yeah. it really seems like they're about to wrap up the story. And I feel like this show came and went very fast it did and it's interesting because all of the episodes are like 30 minutes so if you put all of them together it would be a three-hour santa claus four film which which sounds like nothing that anyone wants right but we'll uh, take six hours of a limited series i'm just wondering now i'm curious of how um this show wraps up i haven't watched the last episode the last episode is out. Um, it's Wednesday, December 14th. It's out right now. It came out so, today. So I'm going to be watching it when we're done. Me um, too. But yeah, we've been watching that on and off. It's. What do you not, think of it? It's not bad. It's not great. But yet I return. I, re- I keep watching. Like I'm ready right, to watch it every week. Right. You know? um, um, the Notably, I think the reason I was so interested is because there's appearances from the guy who played Charlie and the guy who played Bernard, and also Elizabeth um, Milfchel, as I like to refer to her. Um, oh, jeez. <laughs> she, she's one of my biggest celebrity crushes, and she's very, very, very hot in the show. Um, I love the Santa Claus 1 and 2. They're doing the thing of, like, doing all the, like, Santa jokes and puns and vernacular and making them fit the modern age. So it's pretty cringy. But it's like a decent, just like turn off your brain watch for the holiday season. It's fun enough. Like, I don't know. It's it's pretty mediocre, but I'm still. Yeah, it's very run of the mill. 
it's not terrible where you're like, this is, why did they make this? Where, because yeah. they're answering, qu- they're doing a little bit of retconning. Yeah, in this last episode with Bernard, they basically dug up the whole canon of the other three Santa Claus movies and were like, actually, this. Well, like, it's one of those retcons where it makes sense, but I know the intention behind the movies. This was, was not the not intention. not that, yeah. Yeah, but it's like, okay, for this, I'll just pretend that this was the plan all along. Yeah, and the Bernard you know? appearance was lacking. We didn't get enough, but oh, you didn't. You didn't think you got enough. No. Bernard. If you Hyde. promise me Bernard, he needs to be a main, and he was like kind of in the background watching Tim Allen Santa have his "It's a Wonderful Life" moment. Oh yeah. And be like, oh, okay. Are you ready to go to the next one? But that's what Santa Claus Three was, right? I have never seen it, so I don't know. Mm, you don't need to. <laughs> it's really bad. And those are Tim Allen's words, not mine. Yeah, I I am really surprised because the whole setup of this series is that Tim Allen Santa is not feeling being Santa anymore, so he's going to step down and retire, and they replace him with either Harold or Kumar. I'm not sure <laughs> right, one of those. which one he plays, but he kind of starts off as this guy this is like gentle spoiler territory, I guess. He starts off as this guy who's like the CEO of an Amazon adjacent company. And he seems like he's a little bit greedy, but he's just like kind of an overall good guy and he wants to do right by his daughter. But then as soon as he like gets picked up in his arc, he's immediately the worst person ever. Yeah. And he's like, there's just... It goes to his head. (laughs) It goes to his head. I mean, I, I surely shouldn't ask for character depth and development in a Santa Claus limited series. Right. But I am. I'm, I'm just asking. <laughs> You're kind of asking a lot. I'm for asking them. for a little bit more, especially because, so like I was saying, that whole, the whole setup is Tim Allen Santa isn't going to be Santa anymore. And I thought I had heard through the grapevine that Tim Allen said, no more after this. I'm done. So the shock of a season renewal is very shocking. Money talks. That's Money true. talks. And do you know what else talks? Our final Disney 411 stories of the year. Oh my God. So let's get into it. Disney 411. All right. First story is, you know, we've decided that if we get any more stories on Freaky Friday 2 or, or a potential Freaky Friday 2 or a potential Princess Diaries 3, we're going to report on it because we just have to. Like, you yes. know, these are so We've, we said so we said so. And it's it's canon. Unlike unlike Santa Claus, this the new show, we're not going to retcon our stories. <laughs> Be like, well, the reason we have to do these anyway. So first story, Julie Andrews is expressing her thoughts about starring in a potential Princess Diaries three. And in a recent interview, the star shared whether she would be reprising her role as Queen Clarice Rinaldi in the potential sequel of the movie. She goes to say. I think we know that it's probably not going to be possible. It was talked about very shortly after the second one came out, but it's not how but it's now how many years since then? And I'm that much older and Annie the princess or queen is so much older and I'm not sure where it would float or or run. Canceling. Like we said, Princess Diaries 3 has been reportedly now in the works with a script. It's being produced by the same team who wrote and produced the so original this, it Princess has Diaries. Been officially greenlit, right? It has. There's a script, and I think it, it wasn't like 
when has there been a time where a script is happening like in the the news cycle like that? I think it's like basically happening. It's just like in the script. Like I think they they just don't have a director. They don't have like that kind of stuff. Um, what if what if they find out that they they can't get Julie Andrews and they just cancel the whole thing? My thing they is should. so it's supposed to be direct sequel to Princess Diaries two. That's what it's been said. Julie- it's not a reboot. Julie, if Dick Van Dyke can dance on a desk and make a cameo in Mary Poppins Returns at the old, old, old age that he is, you can make a cameo in Princess Diaries 3. Please. I just need, like... Please. I'm scared. I'm I'm scared. I'm scared. I'm scared. That maybe she just... Maybe it just hasn't hit her desk yet. But on the flip side of that, I don't think this is official Disney news, but Hunter sent me the video clip and I <laughs> howled with laughter. Um, Jamie Lee Curtis was once again asked about Freaky Friday 2. <laughs> as, as reporters should be. Every interview she has had, they're like, so Freaky Friday 2. I'm like, thank you. Well, Lindsay Lohan, I think, was just on The Tonight Show and they posted a TikTok of her going into the green room and coming back out to the, what, I'm ready clip from Freaky Friday. So... If the Tonight Show was on to something, oh yeah, I think it's but bubbling under. It's bubbling. But Jamie was asked the question that, of like, of course, like, how is it going? How is it looking? Like, are we are people interested? She said basically the same thing that she's been saying. But then the reporter said, "So it's looking good." And Jamie just turns to the camera and gives the definition of a shit eating grin, like the Cheshire <laughs> Cat swallowed her whole and <laughs> took possession of Jamie Lee Curtis. And she just holds this smile for like a good 20 seconds without saying anything. So, which means basically they said, so we're just waiting for the green light. And she goes, yep. I said, Mickey Mouse, Mickey the Mouse. <laughs> you better freaking hit that green light all don't I play want for christmas is a freaky friday too don't don't play don't play red light green light with us we want green mm-hmm. light oh my gosh i can't wait i think it's gonna happen the way at this point like she's being constantly asked about it and she's constantly. giving and she's not even giving like oh it's just an idea we have it's like no jamie is now like she has to write her freaky like, friday two manifesto now it's like the questions are being asked and she has to be, I don't know. Cause when it started off, she was like, why can't we, she's like, yeah, let's do it. Come on. And now it's, it's like, maybe it's happening <sighs> again. I'm scared. I'm going to be scared until I see a trailer. Even if it's greenlit and I see the description, I'm going to be scared. I'm going to be scared. All right. Um, speaking of scared, our next story um, talks about Dove Cameron. And when she first got cast in Disney Channel, she was a little bit nervous. And she got um, advice from a Disney Channel star. Who's- so once Dove Cameron joined Disney Channel, Gary Marsh wanted her to meet Selena Gomez, who was somewhat of her protege, and thus decided to set up an encounter between the two. Dove says he loves Selena. And Gary Marsh is the president of Disney Channel, by the way. He loves Selena and he was like, I really want you to do me a favor. Would you go and meet with Selena? She can talk to you about what this is about to be because your life's going to change. A dove finally visited Selena at her house and she says she was really kind. The actor shared, I had never done anything. I wasn't doing interviews or anything. She sat, we sat at her kitchen table for hours. I think she offered to make me toast. But of course, <laughs> Selena had more than, I don't know why she put that in there, but okay. Uh, but of course, Selena had more than just toast to offer. She gave me some advice on what to do and definitely things um, 
Oh, oh, I'm sorry. Advice on what not to do and definitely things to do. After their meeting, the two kept in contact. Dove shared that for months, she would even text Selena in a panic when she didn't know what to do. Um, per Dove, Selena's words of wisdom and response were, be yourself. Everybody wants you to be yourself. You're going to kill it. Selena's uh, piece of advice stuck with Dove, who admitted the messages were really important to her, and the rest, as they say, is history. That's such a nice little story. Yeah, how fun. I love, I love the sentence just out of context, but Selena had much more to offer than toast. Right. <laughs> <laughs> like, in a, imagine in another news story, another word. I don't know if this is on your docket or not, but like... Selena Gomez nominated for her first Golden Globe, proving oh. that she has a lot more to offer than just Can toast. we talk? Okay, yeah, this was on the docket, but let's talk about it. So then the Golden Globe nominations came out. and Which I guess means the Golden Globes is being taken seriously again? I guess. The way they've been talked about. Anyway, so we have some first-time... We've had some first-time nominees that were Disney Channel stars in the acting categories, which were Selena Gomez, Jenna Ortega... Um, who was a Disney Channel star after our time, but is Disney Channel canon. And mm-hmm. of course, Zendaya. So once again, someone someone tweeted that Selena, Jenna, Jenna or- Selena Gomez, Jenna Ortega, and Zendaya are the first Disney Channel stars to be nominated for Golden Globe. And once again, Miley Cyrus has not been in that conversation. Because guess what? Miley Cyrus was actually nominated for a Golden Globe back in the day when she was 15. For what, you may ask? For best original song. What song, you may ask? One of the best songs of all time. The Bolt theme song. So, with John Travolta. With John Travolta. Uh. So, <laughs> once again, Miley is not getting her dues. Yet, okay, yeah, they're talking about acting categories, but still... How surprised is Zendaya's first nomination? <laughs> I know. And she's already won two Emmys for Euphoria. Right. I'm like, like, I imagine going to see if you win the Golden Globe after winning two Emmys. Yeah, I'd be like, okay. It's like, got... like performing in a play at your high school after you just got cast on Broadway. Exactly. Yes, <laughs> like, exactly. Okay, I guess I'll show up. <laughs> right. Everyone else is going to be there, all my friends. Um, so congratulations to them. Woohoo. We'll see who takes the cake. Um, all right. Our final story is a little... I'd love to hear your take on it. So, while the Wildcats often seem like they're all in this together, Monique Coleman didn't always agree. Oh, the star... This who, story... Oh. Before we get too into yes. it... Because this story occurred on a Christy Carlson Romano podcast... That means it qualifies as Romano Roundup, baby. Yes. So Hit let's that go in- clip. It's Christy Carlson Romano. Monique Coleman was on Christy Carlson Romano's podcast called Vulnerable. And this is where this story took place. So the star who played the smart president of East High Science Club, Taylor McKessie, and Disney Channel's franchise recently joined fellow Disney alum, Christy Carlson Romano, on the latter's most recent episode of her Vulnerable podcast. This is what Monique Coleman had to say. Disney really broke my heart because when I got to the third movie and in so many ways, I really championed the film, she explained. I really always spoke so positively and I was a black girl playing the smartest girl in school, which was a very big deal at the time. And when it came to promoting the third film, I wasn't invited on the tour. She added that they said something about that there was not enough room on the plane and ended up only bringing along Zach, Vanessa, Ashley, and Corbin. Lucas and I were not invited. 
that heartbreak really hit me very deeply and did cause and it did cause a bit of depression because it helped me to recognize that I was over overly identifying with what I was doing and not who I was she added and that was what led to me to take the step and say maybe this is my five minutes of fame maybe this is it in some way and that if this is the case what am I going to do with it when I saw the TikTok the captions were wrong, so it sounded like it said that everyone was invited but her, including Lucas. No. So, so they- I'm, I would like to also hear Lucas's take on this, but this is surprising to me. I did not know this information. Um, that sucks. Like, that's awful to hear. Right. Like, this is your final movie. And- it's a final movie. It's a theatrical movie. You have the budget. You championed them through their decom years. You championed them on the tour, which Zac Efron couldn't be bothered to do. I mean, I know right. he was in Hairspray at the time, but still. Like, that... Like, you're telling me they couldn't afford a plane to have the six cast members on there? It's the OG six. You can't split up the group, especially if it's, like, going to be the last time that they get to do something like that together. Yeah. Like, I need I, I need the Disney Channel to issue Monique Coleman an apology statement. Right. Like, I wonder why they... Of course, like, I get why I guess they asked who they asked. They were the biggest... Out of the six, those were the biggest names out of the six. But it's yeah, still... Yeah, but it's it not doesn't make, like but, you don't see casts with six people in them promoting things with all six people there. No, what I'm saying is everyone should have gone. It's yeah. like saying the cast of Friends, you only invite Jennifer Aniston, Courtney Cox, and Lisa Kudrow to promote the Friends movie. And you're like, um, okay, where's the rest? They are a unit. They're a unit. So justice for Monique Coleman. Don't give me that face, Momo. Don't give me that face, Momo. <laughs> That's what Disney said. <laughs> When Monique comes like, so I'm not going to be on the plane? Don't give me that face, Momo. <laughs> don't give me that face. You should have given him the face. For those of you don't wondering, what the freak are they talking about? So there was this, like behind the scenes high school Maybe musical. some people know. I would love that. <laughs> Message us if you know what we were talking about before we explain. Um, so High School Musical 2 behind the scenes, there's just a random moment where Ashley Tisdale and Monique Coleman are just like, like, you know, just being goofy and like just being stupid as you do. And Monique's Coleman's like doing a funny face, and, Mo- and Ashley Tisdale just goes, "Don't give me that face, Momo. Isn't Don't give in, me that face." If this phrase blows through your synapses and awakens new parts of your brain, like it did for me, the road to High School Musical two. Yes, it was one of those segments where they had all the little bobbleheads jump in the car. Yeah, like Hunter and I watched all of those um, a couple summers ago, and I just like once I found out that those existed again, my mind was enriched. Yeah. I was, was born again. <laughs> it was an odd time. Um, yeah, it was. Yeah. But that's the end of that story. Justice for Monique Coleman. Um, I really enjoy Monique Coleman. Yeah. She's an OG. She always um, will be. But those are the final stories of 2022. Disney yes. World Run stories. On to so the next year. Not, 
it feels so weird not going into a Raven's Home rehash. I know. We don't have a Raven's Home rehash because that ended last episode. But while we're on the subject, there is a little bit of scoop that we found out this week from <gasps> oh, Shady yeah. Pop, our street team. Shout out <laughs> our to eyes st- and ears. Shout out to our street reporter, Shady Pop. What would we do without Shady Pop? Shady Pop let us know that we were talking about the Country Cousins episode last week and how it confused us that Betty Jane is Alice's mom because they seem like polar opposite people. Alice doesn't have an accent, blah, blah, blah. Shady Pop alerted us and I looked into it and it seems like it's not officially proven, but it likely is true that in the original sides for this season of Raven's Home, Alice was supposed to be Corey's daughter. Yes. And the character is listed as staying with Victor because both of her parents are away in the military. Yeah, I said not. <laughs> Corey Baxter being one of our troops. Not Captain Corey. <laughs> that's the spinoff we didn't get. <laughs> Captain like, Corey. But also something that's interesting. I'm looking at these um, sides that they posted for Alice and Neil is there. So Neil was always the same. But there's a character named Jamila, Jam for short, who seems like the love interest of Booker. And then Jam's mom was going to be a character named Nancy, who's like the divorced next door neighbor that I guess was going to be like Raven's buddy. And then I think this must have been before they knew they were going to be able to get Adrian by lawn because then we have Cam instead of Jam. (laughs) And um, obviously she's Alana's daughter, so it seems like a lot of changes happened in between these original sides. It's always so interesting, you know, like when you look up your favorite movie online, like script, and you read the script and it's like not the same at all and you find out it was like the first or the second draft or something. Yeah. Very strange. I'm glad they ended up doing what they went with. I, you know, I am too, but I would almost rather have Raven be friends with the divorced mom next door than be friends with a waiter at the chill grill. Well, maybe they'll come <laughs> back in season six. Ooh, season six. Season six. Six. All right. Um, season six. Tis the season. season. There's Tis the good season. segue. It's the last um, episode of our month of Mary. It feels like we just tied Started. the month of Mary up in a bow last year. And we're doing it again um, with definitely a little special treat, a little moment in music history for you guys. We're taking a trip down Santa Claus Lane today with Hilary Duff. With Hilary Duff. Um, we are going to be talking about Hilary Duff's Christmas album and debut album, period. This is the first album she yeah. ever put out um, called Santa Claus. Choice. Yeah, called Santa Claus Lane. It was released October 15th, so just in time for Halloween. Um, <laughs> 20, oh my gosh, 2002. So 20 years of this album has been released. This year, yeah. Um, and we're going to go track by track. And kind of we we watch some things, some music videos, some performances. But of course, before we go into the tracks, I always like to share some behind the scenes um, facts about it that maybe can, you know, make sense of what was going on in this time. Um, so we'll start off with the commercial performance. So Santa Claus Lane debuted at no um, number 154 on the <laughs> Billboard 200. <laughs> And and also reached the second position of both the top heat seekers and top kids album charts. Um, on December 9th, the following year, the album was certified gold. So maybe it was a it was a slow burn. Well, you know what happened um, the following year was Metamorphosis came out. 
Yeah, so I, I'm sure it was they re-released it because now Hillary Duff yeah. was heading into the bright lights of being a pop star. Um, but just kind of some background of, hey, this is Hillary Duff's first foray into singing. Um, yeah. Hillary Duff actually became interested in pursuing a music career after attending a Radio Disney concert in 2001. <laughs> Didn't we She all? says... Right. She says these were these were um, all these pop acts backstage at the concert. Dove explained they were all getting ready backstage, warming up. And I was like, I want to do this. So one day, like Hillary Duff met her manager and told her she wanted to be interested in singing and all that stuff. Um, and then that's when I think they just expressed interest to Disney that she wanted to, you know, dip her toes into the music. So they added her to the Liz McGuire soundtrack they added her to disney mania and this was just to see how the fans react to being a singer and not just an actress this Um, is why i said that music history was made yeah because they they did this thing with hillary duff that i don't think they did for any other disney girls down the line and i think this is like hillary duff maybe paved the way for this to happen but she was an actor got into singing she had a cover on the lizzie mcguire soundtrack a cover of Tiki Tiki Room, no less, on Disney Mania. And then for her lead album, before they give her like her studio real pop album, they give her not only a Christmas album, but a Christmas album that's like half covers again. Yeah. So they just like, Disney didn't have that much faith in Hilary Duff as a singer, it seems. But then like Ashley Tisdale and Vanessa Hudgens just get to go from their first project right into an album a few years later. Well, that's because Hilary Duff broke down barriers. I know. Like, she, I, I think maybe she wrote might through, have... She wrote through Santa Claus laying on a bulldozer. <laughs> Bulldozing Christmas down Santa really? Claus Lane. Uh, but what were you saying? You're gonna give me an album, um, Mickey. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, the only other Disney girl I could maybe see this happening with was Raven, because I know her first couple of appearances were on soundtracks for her show as well. Yeah. But there's obviously no denying that Raven has an insane powerhouse voice. Yeah. And Hillary Duff's voice is like a little mouth sometimes, yes. especially on on Santa Claus Lane. Uh-huh. Um, <laughs> but do you want to hear what at the time Hillary Duff had to say about her album? Oh, of course. <laughs> we love when Hillary Duff speaks her mind, especially when she was 13. Um, so Hillary <laughs> Duff stated that she felt Christmas came early for her when she recorded Santa Claus Lane. She says, I really love singing these songs. It was a lot of hard work, but also big fun. Christmas came early for me because I was recording this album in July. <laughs> really? <laughs> um, but in 2013, during an interview, Hilary Duff expressed her dislike um, for the album and specifically the track with Little Romeo, Tell Me a Story. Saying, She's right for that. <laughs> honestly hates the record. Um, it's blocked it out of her memory. Um, also remarked that she doesn't even remember that song. And also recently... She was asked about the the um, album again because she's been in interviews where her daughter will request her to um, on like car rides play Hillary Duff's like old music from like when she was fifteen and Hillary Duff's like this is so annoying yeah and they're like has your daughter heard your Christmas album yet she's like she hasn't yet but you never know um, we love some Christmas songs in our house so um this is Hillary Claus is coming to town we're gonna put a little. <laughs> We're going to put a little duff back in Christmas. I just can't wrap my head around whose idea it was to be like, 
Yeah, you know how Christmas albums are all the same and barely show an artist's identity? Let's do that for the debut album of this artist. Yeah. Well, you want to hear some reviews? Yeah? Um, so the reviews were mixed, obviously. Um, adds they, Some reviews say it adds little to the holiday music canon. Um, felt like it only perks up on songs that feature guest musicians. Mm. Um, the New York Times joked it was a concept album. Uh, <laughs> um, someone said, um, um, gave one person said it gave a more positive review to the album, writing, um, they gave it a B minus. It does show that there's a voice behind the pretty young face, even if this is a strange place to start one's recording career. I think that's the overall consensus. It's like, why start half with a Christmas this, album? Half of this album does also sound like that raise your voice moment where it's like, this could be Hillary, but I'm not is sure. Is it? I texted back. I said, this album <laughs> is gives you the vibe of, oh my gosh, there's a recording studio in the mall. Yeah. Let me pay $50 and burn oh, some karaoke tracks to a CD. I don't even think they really do those anymore. I did one back in the day. Did you ever do it? No. Oh, I did. I think I said Rascal Flats. Well, usually the walls on the booth are glass, so people can walk by and like see you recording an album at the mall and be like, oh, I want to do that. But the idea of me standing in the middle of the mall and being Halsey, but just to myself, was too So, So this is um, Hillary Duff's version of that, but to millions of people. Exactly. And everyone is it, it. it might as well be because the mixing on the cover tracks in particular, oh, the it's karaoke. instrumentals, the instrumentals are so much louder than her singing. Oh yeah. yeah. Very karaoke. Yeah. So, I guess Okay, so it should be noted that on Spotify, it's the 2003 re-release. Mhm. So it starts off with a different song than the regular version does. So I'm going based off of the re-release, which is on Spotify. Yeah, that's the order we listen to it in. So we're going to start off with track. Should we, are we ready to get into it? Yeah. All right, Let's here we go. Let's hop in the sleigh. Let's hop in the sleigh and see if Hillary Duff slays. Um, all right, so track number one um, is called What Christmas Should Be. And this is actually played in the closing credits of the hit movie, Cheaper by the Dozen. Which takes place in Christmas in the last two minutes of the movie. <laughs> I was going to say. But the movie was released during the holidays. Hillary so probably walked up to the director and slipped her, uh, like, her? No, a man directed that, right? I'm sure. Yeah. <laughs> Hillary Duff probably walked up to the director and, like, slipped him a demo CD and was like, um, I know you haven't maybe found a song for the end credits yet. Oh, my gosh. I know oh, exactly no. who directed it. It's Sean Levy, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. I... Was like, wait, no, that's definitely Sean Levy. An artist. <laughs> so true. Night at the Museum. Stranger Things. Big Fat, fat Liar. liar. Sean on, Levy, Sean. you artiste. You are an artiste. You have taste. Um, I love how what Christmas should be. Like, the verse is fun. And it's like, what did you ask for this year? Do you like to ask for stuff on Christmas? And then the chorus is like, you should ask for peace and love instead, you greedy bitch. <laughs> right. This is just an anti-war song. <laughs> Yeah. You know, like, War is Over by John Lennon? Mm-hmm. <laughs> this is this. <laughs> I don't hate it. I mean, you always you... have to love a little song that's... Like it's what? the worst version of Don't Save It All for Christmas Day. Yeah. 
the Clay Aiken. Did you, what is that? Clay Aiken, Don't Save It All for Christmas Day. I don't know that. I don't know if that's his original song or not, but he gobbles it on his Christmas album. Um, <laughs> it's basically just a song that's like, don't save all of your love and giving energy for Christmas Day. Like, spread it through the whole year. Are you a claymate? For that song, absolutely. <laughs> I love that song. <laughs> what are Hillary Duff fans called? Doofs. Doofs? Duffinators. Duffinators? I don't know. Should we? We'll research that and see if Hillary Duffs <laughs> are the Duffinators. Yeah. Well, this was what Christmas should be is also one of the videos we watched. She performed this at Rockefeller Center in 2004. Mm-hmm. Um, and she seemed a little mad to be performing this because I think Metamorphosis was definitely already out had been out for oh, yeah. probably at least more than a year at that point she'd be like i don't want to do this song anymore. i don't do this freaking song <laughs> i also saw a performance of her doing at the jingle ball <laughs> the you know the performance that always happens this time of yeah. year it's like a festival basically yeah hillary duff during this time when she would perform this song one it's like a two-year-old song and they're still using the same vocals vocal track um yeah and this is when Hillary Duff really wanted to be a rock star, like grungy a little bit. Um, so that was, there is very counterintuitive. Um, yeah. I guess I'll have a peace on earth. If Hillary yeah. Duff says, if Hillary Duff says peace on earth, let's have peace on earth. What song does the original release start with? Santa Claus Lane. That's a better choice, I think, to yeah. open. I was, yeah, I thought that too when I was listening. I said, interesting they didn't open the song with, open the album with Santa Claus Lane. The hit. I, I will admit, there are a small handful of earworms on this. <gasps> Ooh, I can't wait. You have to tell me which ones they are. I will, because one of them is I don't, in my head right I now. I don't think any worms entered my ears, <laughs> unfortunately. Um, any closing thoughts on. What's the song called? Exactly. Um, <laughs> what Christmas should be. What Christmas should be. All right. Here we go. The Walking title track. Christmas down Santa Claus Lane. The title track called Santa Claus Lane. I think maybe it's just stuck in my head because you did send me two different performances of this. There's, and I listened I mean, to the song. This was the song that was sent to radio. So this was the big mm-hmm. song of the album. This was actually used to promote... The Santa Claus 2. It sure was. It was played at the credits in Santa Claus 2. Um, so that's where, when I think of that, I think of this song. This song does not sound like Hillary singing. The, this song is also a weird... Um, it's a story song. Um, yeah. It's basically... She's, she's walking down and gets caught in a snowstorm and awakens... The North Pole? <laughs> Which implies that she passed out in the snowstorm, I, I guess. Right. Like, I went for a walk and the snow came down. And when I stopped, I was in a different town. So somewhere, somewhere, someone is putting out an Amber Alert for Hillary Duff. <laughs> Amber Alert? More like Santa Alert. Because she's <laughs> hanging out with Santa. And the si- literally, and, Santa this and, is kind of a- I think... Santa and the elves, I think, tell her not to be afraid in two separate verses. Yeah, this is a horror movie song. <laughs> and the sign said, have no fear. You're not lost. You're here. No, I want to know where am I? Where am I? Yeah, Hello? Where, what's what's here? What's here? This isn't the mall. Please. <laughs> this, is my, this is life or death. 
And then it goes on to say, then he told me, have no fear. You're not lost. You're here. It doesn't, in the song, it doesn't say it's Santa. Oh my God. It's God. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Silver bells chime from far away. Oh, I guess they do. And Santa rode by on an open sleigh. And this, Annie told me, have no fear. You're not lost. You're here. Yikes. Yeah, the chorus is cute, though. <laughs> Walk in this Christmas. <laughs> the verses are like, I was horribly kidnapped and beaten right. by Santa and the elves. Walk in this Christmas <laughs> down Santa Claus. I was held in a storage closet. <laughs> I didn't have any food for weeks. I yelled help a million times. <laughs> Mrs. Claus came and she hit me with a candy cane. Walking this Christmas. Christmas, don't say it at Claus Lane. <laughs> if you hear me singing, I need help right away. Um, so the first performance that we watched of this was from the Magic Kingdom Christmas Parade in 2002. And it's just like a home video of the float. So the magic is a little lost because you can see all the stops and starts. Like, I think they start the track and then it doesn't start. So Hillary's just like, ooh. And she's like sitting there waving at people. Yeah. You can obviously tell she's lip syncing because you can hear the audio difference. Yeah. Um, The angles are weird. When the dancers come in, it feels weird. It feels very weird. Like, it's it's not a professionally shot recording of the performance. So it's just like, ooh. Ooh. Um, but it it wasn't because we, for those listening, the episode before this recorded, um, called Jolly to the Core, we highlighted some Disney Parks performances, yes. and it's thank you guys for listening and enjoying that one. Yes, I think we may do that again fun. next year. That was really fun. Um, this performance, based off what we watched last week, was very, very, very local town parade performance. Yes, <laughs> where she's like on a float. She's singing, dancing, the and then she's done. Is just set up like a front porch. Yeah. So it's like one of those door swings from Home Depot where you flip through like the rack of doors, but it's one of those. Oh my gosh, the rack of doors. The, the rack, rack of doors. doors. <laughs> um, but then we get a real performance. We um, did. We got a movie surfer's performance. And later on, we find out this was Hillary Duff's first performance. Which makes ever. sense why she has such a wide stance. There's a wide stance. She's holding the belt buckle. She is. She does like, this weird move, move at the beginning of each chorus. She'll like, and this song does not require this. She'll like do a jump, jump, fist, bump, and then she'll there's turn this, and look like she's about to run and then stop and just return to stiff. There's Hillary. this one part where um, it's like the breakdown after like the pre, like the verse where she goes, I don't know how, I don't know when, but one day I'll be back again. Which is um, um, Stockholm Syndrome, <laughs> I think, from this song. Uh, just kidding. And then she kind of does this like weird move. She leaves it all on the table. <laughs> like she I circles bet her that's hands. A move that like she was just standing there, like standing the song, and her manager yeah. or her vocal coach or whoever was like, "So we need to get a little movement in there." 
Right. So that we know but, you're okay. Yes. And they probably um, like worked out ones with her and she just like did them and then froze Yeah. Again. But she left it all on the table with that dance move. She did. And then um, after she's finished, she yes. goes over to the movie surfer's couch for the most random <laughs> brief interview. When I tell you it's brief... It's, it's like, hey, Hillary, how are you? Do you like performing the song? Great. Well, thanks so much for joining us. There's like four movie surfers on the couch with her, and each one of them gets their own brief question. And I think the first one was like, what got you into performing? And she says it's her first time performing. Somebody asks her what her favorite like Christmas present is. Somebody asks her what she likes about Christmas. And then somebody asks her if she's the same as Lizzie McGuire. And then it sounds like they kind of cut off the rest of her answer, and they're like, all right, guys, thank you so much. Thanks to Spencer Breslin. <laughs> like very basic questions and what does she say about are you like Liz, your character Liz McGuire she says um I think we have the similar like similar hairstyles and we dress the same <laughs> oh yeah she's like <laughs> she's very girly girl yeah and it literally it does sound like she kind of starts to say like I'm sure there was something else that she said that they just cut oh out. I'm sure it was like well when you're an actor you really have to embody the character um like Liz McGuire and when I put on those platform sandals I really think I'm embodying her she's <laughs> it's like very inside the actor's studio <laughs> but they cut it I out was say. <laughs> so they just cut she it just, out which is like I'm girly girl <laughs> she just goes inside the actor's studio on the movie surfers and they're all sitting there slack jawed and being like huh they're like, okay. what of the movie surfers goes, <laughs> if heaven exists, what do you hope God says to you at the birth of the Hillary's just like, you know, I really tapped into my, like, my Meisner and my Stanislavski training for this. And I like, and they're just like, okay, well, thank you to Spencer <gasps> Breslin for being here as well. On the but what, what did she say her favorite thing about Christmas was, is they go to that this. she gets to see her family that lives in, in Texas, Texas because she lives in California and she's usually working. Yeah. Which is like, okay, brag that you have a job. Right. Uh, but it was very, very fast. I'm sure she had a lot of adrenaline going in that interview. Oh, clearly. But I, I, I'm I, glad we watched because way back a couple episodes ago, we talked about movie surfers. And I said there's some points where it's like an actual show with a set and the hosts are talking to the stars and it's not just them going to the movie sets. But so I'm glad we that was this. Is, and when I think of that, this is what I think of. I just can't imagine like coming off the stage fresh off your first time performing a bundle of nerves and people sit you down and ask you four questions in rapid succession like they're so basic so basic I mean it was for Hillary Duff it was for Disney Channel we weren't acting. the questions couldn't be something like so well, they what do you think about like the commercial with a 45 second interview right time. they're like so what do you think of the commercialism of Christmas <laughs> um, do you believe in the birth of Jesus Ryan, what do you have to people who say um, are, do you want to put the Christ back in Christmas? <laughs> um, I just think me and Lizzie are just girly girls. <laughs> well, that's all the time we have on the movies. <laughs> <laughs> um, but props to Hillary Duff getting this song as a promotion tool for Santa Claus 2. Right. Very I one like of the, it. Very one of the early when they would do the re-releases or would have the stars of Disney Channel do a song for the movie. Yeah. Maybe one of the first instances? It had to be. Like, yeah. Yeah, because then you get, I don't know, um, Allie and AJ doing No One from Ice Princess. Uh, yeah. Um, Raven doing Grazing in the Grass for Lion King One and a Half. <laughs> Dang, why did Raven get the directed DVDs? Her star was too... Pro- they would. They didn't want to put Raven in the theater because she was going to overshadow. technically... She had superstition oh, on the... Oh, the I'm so... I'm an idiot. This is my time. Princess Diaries 2. Oh, yeah. Which shares where it was released on an album as well. Wow. 
All right, Raven, go Ray. <laughs> um, is so should we get off Santa Claus Lane? Because I'm a scared of Santa well, Claus Lane. Now Santa Claus is coming <gasps> through the radio. That's the next one. Um, it's just it's a cover. It's our first cover of just Santa Claus is coming to town. It's pretty basic retail core. Yeah. Um, yeah. And this is when you can tell Oh, Hillary, Hillary, Hillary. You've had a great career. This is not a highlight. No, there's way too much backing vocal. It's like it's overpowering her. And and the arrangements are just so weird. Also, at this point songs like Santa Claus is coming to town, they've they've been done in all the ways so that many they're going times, to be yeah. done. And Michael Jackson gobbled everybody else up. Oh yeah. With that one. So yeah, it's, I don't have much to say. Yeah, it's very like. I'm pretty I mean, sure these you... covers are probably going to blow by pretty quick because, like, yeah, what else it's not can like we can explain. Y'all, everyone here knows what all these songs are. Yeah, um, and you've heard them done in every way that they're ever going to be done again. Yeah, and Hillary Duff's is not not different. No. Um. So you just want to go to "I Heard Sand on the Radio." Yes. Featuring Christina Milian. The uh, only song that's not on Spotify. Once again, the Disney Music Machine committing crimes against me personally because I liked this one a lot. I actually. heard Santa on the radio. This was the other earworm. I was like, okay. He's mixed. So is so was Santa supposed to be a DJ in this song? Well, okay. The first thing, this album has a lot of horror undertones because the first thing I noticed was the line well, about it, waking up. I mean, and it was released in... It was released in October. That's true. Maybe maybe Hillary Duff's concept was d- releasing a frightening Christmas album in Halloween. Right. Interesting. Um, but the first line is about waking up to the radio on and you didn't turn the radio on and you don't know who did. Yeah. <laughs> so someone was in your room. So was in your room. Um, Unless, because I don't think radio alarm clocks were a thing yet. They might have been, and I could be totally wrong. But but then, according to the lyrics, you then a voice said, "Let the party begin." Exactly. Help. <laughs> <laughs> but according to another lyric, the Santa radio DJ is busy finding busting beats, <laughs> making it up as he went along. So and what I'm hearing is, is is ing. It's not busting. It's busting. But it, but the lyrics say he's making up as he goes along, which means Santa has kidnapped once again someone else, <laughs> and is now taking the DJ job because <laughs> he's making it up as he goes along. Oh, this Santa is on a rampage. He's a rampage, and not only he. Okay, so the the concept of Santa Claus Lane is that Hillary Duff goes to Santa Claus Lane, presumably is kidnapped, returns home, unsure of what happened to her, and wakes up, and Santa is still planting fodder for her in her daily life by appearing on her radio station unbeknownst to her she's like you can't get away from me hillary duff but featuring christina million who is the possible so we got some disney and former movie surfer oh yeah okay lots of crossover lots of crossover appeal but yeah this is it's kind of a bop and i i can see what they mean by like she only wakes up with the guest tracks at least with this one because i think this one was the first time on the album that i was like actually feeling it a little bit ooh are there more i i liked santa claus lane once i revisited it um mm. but other than that i think that shit 
Yeah, I feel like every time we were like, that was a song. That was words. <laughs> In a jolly tone. And it was great. Um, Jingle Bell Rock? Yikes. <laughs> when she goes, when she goes, oh, yeah. Jingle Bell Rock. It's just, I don't know if you are familiar with Mary-Kate and Ashley, but early in their career, they would do songs in their videos. Yeah. And they just couldn't sing. And the way they're they're kind of like speak singing, where they're like hitting notes, but not really. They're, they're just like saying rhythms. them. In, hitting rhythms, great. There's no this up is, and down. You can- yeah. It's just like, yeah, we are going to the mall. Are you speaking of of like Brother for Sale era or are you speaking to like later in the career? Like they're about Hilary Duff's age. I see. Brother for Sale, they're selling out arenas. (laughs) (laughs) Brother for Sale, more like Madison Square Garden up for sale. (laughs) Like y'all think Ticketmaster had an issue with Taylor Swift? Y'all should have been there. Y'all should have been there for the Ticketmaster fiasco of the Olsen twins. <laughs> the coming to my pity party tour crashed Ticketmaster. <laughs> Y'all want to talk about the pre-sale? Let's talk about the pre-sale for the Olsen, the five-year-old Olsen twins at the Madison oh Square Garden. I'm crying. Uh, Why are crying, like crying, 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 crying your little eyes out. Uh, I guess that means we're just on Jingle Bell Rock. Yeah, it sucks. <laughs> <laughs> and it's her vocals but what I'm on saying, this are what, so frail. What I'm what I'm saying is that is how Hilary Duff is quote unquote singing in some of these tracks. It's like she's just saying them to a beat. Yeah, and that's, bringing, Olsen, and that's how the Olsen and that's how the Olsen twins did in their stuff. If it ever came down to a battle of the Jingle Bell Rocks in the Lindsay Lohan Hilary Duff feud, Lindsay Lohan won. I mean, <laughs> and she didn't even sing the full song. Right? Where's the edit of Hillary Duff's Jingle Bell Rock to Mean Girls? <laughs> it's <laughs> one of those that? edits where it's like quiet, and then it's like, "Ooh, fuck," or something like that, and then it <laughs> turns into Lindsay. <laughs> jingle Bell Rock. Jing- Honestly, side project, side project for me. <laughs> I'll see what I can come up with. Oh yeah, this is this one. I think was the biggest mall album vibes for me of course it's just like we said when we get to these ones that have been done so time and time again they've been flipped every direction they can they've been remixed and featured like it's kind of like okay Kaylee, you gotta give us something and you know who did give us something hannah montana with her cover of rocking around the christmas tree right Aunt Miley Cyrus, all the one for Christmas is you. Yeah. Come on. Did I? I don't know if I told this story on the pod or not, but just in case I have it, this is a little quick little sidebar. Um, I'm on Vinyl Talk, and I make vinyl record TikToks, and I had seen one pop up sometime this summer that was like, Barnes & Noble just dropped a pre-order of a Hannah Montana rocking around the Christmas tree vinyl. And I was like, oh, my God. And I ran and I smashed pre-order and I got the confirmation for it. And I was so excited. And then like three months later, I got an email and I still have the email because it cracks me up that this happened. 
it was like, oh, oops, this was supposed to be a cover of Rocket Around the Christmas Tree by some random artist that was named like Anna Maria something. What? We don't know how it got listed as Hannah Montana. This was an error. We've canceled everyone's order and refunded you for the trouble. If you actually want to order the correct record, here's a link to do so. <laughs> how do you get that mixed up? I have not a clue. That's scary. Yeah, but I was really excited for that. And it I, I saved the order email and I still have that email because I remember thinking like this is too good to be true. And then it actually was. Was it like a fake like album cover? Like what? No, what did it there look was like? no album cover at all uploaded. Okay. It just had the description and it said Rocket Around the Christmas Tree, seven inch vinyl, artist Hannah Montana. <laughs> Not Hannah Montana making waves. I know. Like Don't worry, I got my best of Hannah Montana vinyl in the mail recently. It's all good. Oh. Well, you know you can get um Hillary Duff Santa Claus Lane on vinyl. I do. I actually my Lizzie McGuire soundtrack vinyl came in the mail yesterday. <gasps> Oh yeah, and that's a that's a rare one. So I pray I paid a pretty penny, a pretty penny, a pretty penny. Um, I should have asked Santa for it. Um, because the next song uh, includes a little letter to Santa when the Dear snow Santa. comes down in Tinseltown. So, <laughs> Dear Santa, this... I live in Hollywood. I live in Hollywood. Um, okay. <laughs> and what about it? Okay. Some kids um, live in Africa. It's right to Santa from all over the world. You ain't special, Lizzie McGuire. So here's what Hillary Duff's um, letter to Santa is. Um, Dear Santa, I live in Hollywood, but it's not like in the movies where Christmas is always snowy white. On my list is just one wish that it would snow tonight. What Christmas movie set in California is Hillary Duff watching where she thinks it's not like the movies? I looked up some stats just to see. And it snows in California about once every five years. Really? And that's only in certain areas. That's not like across the whole state. Interesting. So Hillary's going to be waiting a while for that Santa wish. Well, apparently not, because later in the song, she writes a a thank you letter to Santa, which I don't... Do kids do that? I never did that. I mean, some people do. Well, she writes a thank you letter that's like, oh, Santa, thank you. It was the most perfect Christmas. And I rode in a horse-drawn sleigh that was ready to go in California for some reason. She goes, she says, dear Santa, thank you, thank you for the perfect Christmas day, gliding down the streets of Hollywood in a one-horse open sleigh. I'm sure you did not do that. Yeah, on the freeway? (laughs) Good luck. (laughs) Get your horse out of the way. (laughs) And they're like, thank you, Santa. I don't hate this one. Is this a climate change song? <laughs> Why is it snowing in California? <laughs> She's like, dear Santa, thank you for the snow in California. But if you could reduce my cough, that would be the next best thing. Also, the skies turned orange yesterday, and I don't know what that's about. <laughs> <laughs> but thanks for the sleigh. Yeah, I don't, it's like silly, but it has enough energy and it was like at least original and like something that wasn't. I mean, it's fun. I like the the original songs. I feel like they put a lot more effort into them than the covers. The covers are all bad. I think it's like literally like (laughs) Hillary just singing them from memory. (laughs) The covers. Because she's like, I think this is where the note's supposed to go. I think that's how I heard Brenda Lee sing it. <laughs> um, I like this one's fun. Yeah, I don't it's fine. mind it. 
Not my favorite. It's also just, it's such a silly idea of like (laughs) getting into snow in Hollywood. I don't know. Right. Which is like, snow is fun for about like an hour and then I'm like, okay, time to go inside. Yeah, I like it when it snows, but the problem when it snows where I live is that it's only ice and you have to catch all your plants. And (laughs) yeah, I mean, we've experienced that together many times. Yeah, multiple times that Hunter has come to Nashville to hang out with me. It has been icy time and we don't know if he's going to make it. And then he somehow makes it. I somehow make it every time. That's, that's the power. The, that's of, the power of our need to sit on the couch and watch videos of Billy Ray Cyrus together. <laughs> <laughs> Literally, I'm like, I'm gonna try. Like, and when I tell you, y'all, when I have to drive, he's usually like, through the mountains, and I'm like, I'm gonna. Hopefully, nothing bad happens. One of the fun. times that you came down i had literally gotten in a wreck like four days before (laughs) i know and you're like i don't think you should and i said no i'm coming yeah and then we took our time machine photos so is that when we did that yeah no yes weird because i remember when i crashed my car (laughs) i don't i crashed my car into the bridge (laughs) and then we took time machine photos yep so, right. speaking of a one-horse open sleigh, the next song is a cover of Sleigh Ride. And the piano is giving choir concert in the middle of the ball. This is very, like, all right, now from Miss Richards' chorus class. <laughs> Hillary Duff. It's really, like, the how I would have seen it. It's, like, you know those parts where the solo, there would be a solo people in your choir? Yeah. And they would get to walk up. And then once they did their little solo, they would scurry back into the yeah into the in their white button down and black slacks and black ballet. Yes, class. yes. Yeah. And, then, and everyone's and after they do the solo, everyone like claps for them. And she then the and then the booming voices of like. She sings this song so punchy. Yeah, like there's no flow to it. It's like every word is like its own thing. I did notice that there was very good pronunciation. From Hillary yeah. Duff. Giddy up, giddy up, giddy up, let's go. She probably let's got a note about show. it and then went in and did this take. Right. That's and now she hears happened. now she hears Ariana Grande selling out arenas. Can't pronunciate it. She's like, damn it. I missed I my time. I loved how the, um, my favorite line in the song Sleigh Ride is the line about passing around the coffee and the pumpkin pie. Oh, yo, that was it. And the pumpkin pie. Well, the music also full stops and then she goes, pumpkin like acapella pretty much <laughs> hillary duff loves that pumpkin pie <laughs> she said stop everything stop stop the music pumpkin pie <laughs> yeah and, and um, go ahead and tell all of your 12 year old fans who courier and ives are i still don't know who right. <laughs> yeah who are those people reveal yourself <laughs> let's let me look it up real quick then we'll find out <laughs> Courier Ives, are you here? Because you're getting the Hillary Duff soon. Courier and Ives was a New York City printmaking business that operated between 1835 and 1907. Oh, okay. So the same people listening to this would know exactly what that means. And Sleigh Ride was written in 1948. So. Wow. That actually tells you like the, the, the test of time these songs carry. Like, there's exactly. been a lot of Christmas songs that come and go, but Career and Ives, they're staying. <laughs> Apparently so. 
And I also, our... like, this, I don't know. I think by the end, it gets a little better, but not by much. The song? Oh, the song, yeah. Oh. I was like, what gets better? I just have a note that says, okay, I came around on it by the end. Okay. It was a sleigh ride. Yeah. It's lovely weather for a sleigh ride together with you. And I had started calling. I love the versions of sleigh ride where someone goes, something, something. Folks are going, yoo-hoo. Like, they actually do the yoo-hoo. Instead <laughs> of going, yoo-hoo. I always think that's fun. Yeah. Are you ready to get into one of the craziest songs? Oh, my God. Yeah. So this song accompanies a, like, 45-second music video. Right. Where did the rest of the video go? Does it exist? Is it lost to time? (laughs) It's probably for the best. (laughs) This is called Tell Me a Story About the Night Before featuring Little Romeo. This song is more of a Little Romeo song with a Hilary Duff feature. Yeah. Because they only give her the chorus, but he gets, like, four distinct verses. So this is just a retelling of the night before Christmas. I guess. I just, well, I, it also looks like they have a, a gaping age difference, and they really don't. Yeah, it looks I think like they're Little about Romeo the same is age. like eight, and Hilary Duff is like, because she's way taller than him. He was 13, and she was 15 when they recorded this. Really? Yeah. That's it. Yeah, so not that bad. But. I also feel like when you're 15, that'd be like like you're a sophomore in high school and they're like, okay, you have to go record a duet with Bobby in eighth grade. Like you probably Bobby. still wouldn't want to do it. You're like, damn, okay. Yo, Hillary, it's Romeo. Okay, the intro to that music video. <laughs> Where they're both he... just like standing in the hallway. Hillary Always has like... that wide stance again. <laughs> <laughs> That's her power stance. Probably because she has to like lean down to... <laughs> Um, but Hillary Duff proclaims again and again that all things are possible on Christmas Eve. And every time I hear that rhyme, I love it even more. Every time the song continued, I hated it more. So I can't relate. So I have a funny, I have a funny story about this song. <laughs> Do tell. Um, what you say? Do tell. So, so I'm going to tell you a story. About my the story. Night before. About the night before. So when we were kids, how would we entertain myself, ourselves, me and my siblings, is we would crank up my parents' car, open up all the doors, and just, like, crank up the music from their car. I don't know if you ever did this. I was allowed, like, sometimes if my mom went into the store and my dad stayed with me in the car, I could sit in the driver's seat and do that. <laughs> no, I mean, like, we're at our house. Um, and like the, Yeah. The, I, I and did the it car, at the house sometimes. And the car's in the garage. We opened the garage, and we had this, our driveway, right? Yeah. And we would crank up whatever was playing and you know just sing dance ride our bikes and still listen to music um anyway and my sister had this album like a copy of it and so we would pretend that she was hillary duff in concert (laughs) and when she needed special guest little romeo it was you it was me (laughs) and she'd be like Thank you to my special guest, Little Romeo. And I'd come up like, thank you, guys. Woo-hoo. Star of Max Cable's big move. <laughs> right. Little, little, little Romeo. Th- that was my reaction. That, that Us reading the track list is that scene from Max Cable. <laughs> little, <laughs> little Romeo? <laughs> oh, I also I wrote co- down some of the most bizarre Little Romeo lines in this. He says, 
he to rhyme something with silly he says is it santa claus or is it my uncle willie oh yeah <laughs> uncle willie on the roof again <laughs> get down and Save then he turkey. says he says the reindeer coming to get me which further proves this santa claus kidnapping narrative that we have <laughs> throughout the album right um he wraps up one of the verses by just referencing the three kings real quick and then never bringing that back up again Got a li- got I also a wrote this is like this is like if they put never say never on a Jaden Smith album and said it was a Jaden Smith song. <laughs> that song though. I will never say it's never. Still and then the line, thanks for the video games and bling bling. Yeah. So ten points for creativity? Yeah. Um She's at least so, it wasn't a Hillary cover. Hillary was so stiff in that video though. She's yeah. doing the belts and she's doing the Hillary moves, but it's so the Hillary moves. tight. The, I will the, give it. I will give it to this fifty-second music video, though. At least this edit has the sense to include two of her choruses, so it looks like she actually sings more in the song than she does. Yeah, but my favorite, the opening line is kind of like, <laughs> it's amazing, actually. Yo, Hillary, it's Romeo, and you know what we're gonna give him? You know what we're gonna make him dance this Christmas. <laughs> That's a threat. That is a threat from Little Romeo to you. Hillary Duff and Little Romeo are threatening us to dance this Christmas. He also says at the end, wish for it, you just might get it, which also kind of sounds like a fake threat. Um, but the music video is them like in a hallway and then it's snowing in the recording studio. And Hillary Duff just like being next to a rapper. Yeah. It's it's yeah. weird. <laughs> it's very awkward. I they, encourage everyone to look at it. It won't take point, too much of it won't the, take up too much of your time. It's only the, 40 yeah, seconds. Yeah, it's so short. The per, And it has that like classic Disney Channel music video, Veily italic font. Yes, at the, the end. Um, at one point in the video, they push a big red button and then like all these Christmas dancers are in the studio with them. I don't know. That's I would budget. block this out of my memory too if I created this. I'm sure that I would. Oh I yeah, would, this I is the specific it. one. Hillary Ruff was like, the I did what? One. <laughs> I did what now? <laughs> I would what? think I did. I don't. Little who? I, I don't know her. <laughs> Sorry. Little ha, little who? Little ha, little who? Little hey. Um, I also noted on the Wikipedia page that this song was shopped to like urban and hip hop radio stations. Really? Yes. Including Radio Disney. I think it got Radio Disney play. Oh, I'm sure, sure it was number one on Radio Disney. But I think it was also sure. shot, like it said, it was shopped to, like Santa Claus Lane was shopped to like pop stations and like hit stations, but this was shopped to like more. Interesting. <laughs> I wonder if I got any play. I they all those people probably were like, uh, this CD Next. is going in the trash. <laughs> in, the, in the trash. <laughs> um. So our next track is Last Christmas. Uh, I feel like Last Christmas is one of those songs. Like, I don't know. I I generally I tend to like covers of Last Christmas. Ashley Tisdale making it up. Club banger, mm-hmm. the Glee version, great. This one, I gave you my heart. <laughs> That's how she's saying it. She got a note from her vocal coach to enunciate, and she was like, "Do you want me to enunciate? Fine, fine, I will enunciate." <laughs> uh, yeah, the the it's just more of the same. Like the mixing on the covers is bad, and the backing vocals of the instrumental are way higher than her actual voice. 
But she kept her distance. But whoever, who do you think Hilary Duff was singing to? Like in her head? Gordo? Carter? Oh, probably at the time. Yeah. I said Gordo. <laughs> <laughs> like she didn't Zach give Gilbert Gordo song. her heart. Right. Maybe if she was and like, I'm going to sing this song from the point of view of Gordo. <laughs> right. That's how she portrayed it. Yeah. Um, I don't really want to spend too much time on Last Christmas because yeah. it's kind of like one of those other things where you're like, if you heard one cover of Last Christmas, you've, you've either heard, heard it the best or... All. If you've heard Last Christmas, you've either heard the original by Wham or you've heard the cover by Ashley Tisdale. That's all I know. Right. <laughs> um, But we were back to original. Featuring, we got some family time. This is Same Old Christmas featuring Haley Duff. Yes, of featuring course. Haley Duff. I and this 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 song is what are you so say? funny to me. Why do you think it's funny? I just love how the setup is like the setup in the verses is kind of like, ugh, same old Christmas, same old shit, same old family, same old presents. But the chorus is like, ah, but I like it a lot. But I like it. <laughs> but it's all Haley Duff only joins Hillary Duff in the chorus. Yeah, the feature was a whisper. Yeah. You barely notice. It's the same old, same old, same old, same old. This this was also not the worst. Like I like this one okay. I could yeah. It was okay. It was weird that it was like featuring Haley Duff and it's like where? Exactly. <laughs> I didn't even where? notice. Every time it says featuring whatever. I'm like, oh, we're going to hear a lot of her. <laughs> it's like, what? What are we doing? It's like, ugh, friends and neighbors knocking at my door like every Christmas that's come before. Ugh, but I love it. I love it, though. Right. It's like, don't be ungrateful. It's like one of those people's like, like, like what you like. Right. Don't deny what you want. Also, there was a, a line in the second verse that made me go, hmm? What? <laughs> For a second. Um. <laughs> What? It's smoke that curls from chimneys, but at first all I heard was smoke that, and I, I was like, what are they smoking? <laughs> this is a Disney-produced album. Smoke that corncob pipe. I don't know. You never know. Right. If you notice- Smoke that weed, because we hate our family. But it's the same old, <laughs> same old. You, there was no Silent Night, so no mentions of Virgin. Very true. Like, uh, like on the That's a Raven episode we covered. Anything else to say about the same old Christmas? No, that's the same old. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um, well, our last same old. Why did they give her this song to cover? Why? They, wait. Why did they begin this song in the way they did? Who is that little voice? <laughs> the little child. Too much children on this track. So the track is... What is the song called? It's Wonderful Christmas Time. Wonderful Christmas originally Time. Originally by Paul McCartney. Frequently tops the list of worst Christmas songs of all time. Really? Yes. The moon is up. You hate that song? I'm not saying I hate it. I mean, it's I'm kind so of so annoying and repetitive, but it is. it frequently is like number one on the list of worst Christmas songs of all time. That's just That's like crazy. The thing I, I love did, about I... it is the internet meme that has come around in recent years where it's like, the first verse is like some friends are about to practice witchcraft, but then someone walks in on them. So they all just go simply having a wonderful Christmas time until the person leaves. The choir's up. Anyway, 
So, but the song opens with a little voice from like a four-year-old. Yeah. Who is that? Don't know. Was Hillary Duff babysitting the day they had to record this? And it's like, sorry, I'm babysitting my neighbor. Can they like be in the record? <laughs> and then midway through um, one of the bridges or something is the choirs of children sing their song. They practice all night long. And the soundbite is just some kids going, ding dong, ding dong, ding dong. Like, it does not sound good at all. How'd they get these kids? They said, Hillary Duff's in there. Liz McGuire. I, I don't know if you noticed, but I don't think it's on Spotify where we listen to it. But on the actual album, there's like a little um, ornament that says, Hillary Duff is Liz McGuire. <laughs> just in case you didn't know yet. <laughs> They're like, hey, um, don't put this album down just yet. You might know who this person is. Probably because everyone's <laughs> like, is this the girl? Because I feel like this is like when she was becoming Hillary Duff. Yeah. You know, this is album that like, well, if like she had said, already been Hillary Duff, they wouldn't we, have given her a Christmas album to debut with. That's like, such I a feel weird... like they did her a little dirty. I think so. Are we done talking about the song? The only other thing I wanted to say is that. In another disgusting children involvement, it ends on more footage of somebody going like, yeah, I hate when songs end with somebody laughing. Like, I know you faked that shit. (laughs) Right. We know it's not fun recording this. This is out of a helicopter. Yeah. Um, So, yes, we think this is like Disney experimenting. The Hillary Duff experiment. They were like, well, but I feel like a. I feel like, oh, is like a Christmas album a safe bet? See, I don't know. I feel like you don't do a Christmas album until you're already an established artist. Right. Like, because for example, so, a Christmas album inherently has to have these, some of these covers on it. And yeah. these covers are going to be soulless and not show that much of who you are as an artist beyond a few tweaks that have probably already been done by somebody yeah. else. So, for example, after I finished the album, it directly went into another Christmas album and it was kelly clarkson's underneath the tree that started playing oh and i said that's a christmas album if underneath the tree does not have the longevity that um all i want for christmas is you has had i will be truly shocked oh i think it already does that's that's a new christmas classic it's a new christmas new christmas classic i think the new christmas classic that kelly's gonna bring again is the one with her and Ariana grande oh that's a good one yeah anyway um, but yeah, weird, weird, weird decision on Disney's part. Weird bag of gifts under this tree. Because it makes sense to sprinkle her in in Disney albums like Disney Mania and then the Liz McGuire soundtrack. Yeah. Just to kind of see what people think. But I would say you, I think at that point, I mean, Yeah. At that point, you heard her in some things. Why put out a Christmas album? I mean, there's also such a thing as an EP. If you're really not sure, give her five songs. Right. Or <laughs> or just have don't put an album. I think it's fine her singing this closing credit song for Santa Claus 2. Yeah. I don't think she needed an album. No. So maybe that's what it was. Maybe this, they just love Santa Claus Lane. They're like, let's do a Christmas album. This proves to me also that Tish Cyrus was a mastermind in bundling the Hannah Montana 2 and the Me Miley Cyrus albums because, like, that's the way to do it. Like, what if there had right. been a Lizzie McGuire album and then they were like, oop, also, here's a little Hillary Duff. Do you like? Lizzie <laughs> McGuire, hey, Hillary Duff. 
on the back. <laughs> Hello, Hillary Duff uh, on the back. If I could turn back time, you would find a way. Yeah. Um, well, how much? How much Mary did this? Did this give us? How many jollies or whatever we've been doing? Oh God, jollies. Uh, four, three. I would say three and a half. I think it's definitely a mixed bag. I don't think any of the covers are good. The originals are like charming enough to kind of hold their own, um, other than the night before, which I detested. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, it's it's really interesting reviewing Metamorphosis and then going back and looking yeah. at this. You could definitely see this was like, hey Hillary, do you want to make an album? Well, just kind of see how it is. Here's my where when we did where we did metamorphosis, it was more. We are now presenting her as yeah. a pop star. Like you and immediately Santa Claus, opened that album with "So Yesterday," and Santa Claus Lane is like, we're gonna see how this pans out. So we're yeah. gonna put like you know, some we're gonna put it together with some gum and a prayer and <laughs> see what happens. Santa Claus Lane is truly like. Here's my card for the booth I run at the mall. If you want to come by on Saturday yeah. morning at 9 a.m. Come on down. Lay a little track. Lay a little track. Um, Rebecca wants to bring back a very jolly segment. I'll let you have the floor. It's a jolly six degrees of Jamie Lee Curtis. It's Jamie Lee Curtis. Would you like chill for a sec? So, obviously, Jamie Lee Curtis is a notable Christmas queen. <laughs> Christmas with the Cranks. Um, I hate that movie so much. That's one of the worst movies ever made. I'll say it. Um, if you don't think so, I think that you're wrong. Um, it's objectively really bad, and I love her so much. But, I, you know, it's a fun little role for her, and I thought it would be fun to try and tie Jamie Lee Curtis and Christmas with the Cranks back to... Hillary Duff and Santa Claus Lane in some way. There's, of course, the obvious answer that Santa Claus Lane plays in the credits of the Santa Claus 2, which stars Tim Allen, who acts alongside Jamie Lee Curtis in Christmas with the Cranks, but that's too easy. And you know we like to go crazy with these six degrees. Right. Really. Make it so a he, challenge. Jamie Lee Curtis was in Christmas with the Cranks. As I was watching Christmas with the Cranks this year, I discovered that someone else that we love on this podcast was also in Christmas with the Cranks, and that is Kim Rhodes. <laughs> Kim Rose is an office background character in Christmas with the Cranks. And I noticed her when Tim Allen goes around the office and like hands out the letter that he's not participating in Christmas. You need to send me a screenshot. I know. I kept thinking she was going to come back and she never did. But she she gets the letter and like kind of looks at him a little bit and then he moves on. So she's not. Are you sure that's her? Yes. She's credited for the film. (laughs) Okay, it's on her resume. She's credited for the film. It was 100% her. I would recognize those blonde 2004 spikes anywhere. Are you joking? (laughs) Um, So Kim Rhodes. Kim Rhodes was also in Sky High, but her her scenes were deleted. Oh, my gosh. She played a character called Elastic, Elastic Girl. Not Elastic Girl. Elastic Girl slash Professor Genie. Star of Sky High, notably, of course, Daniel Panabaker. Love to tie it back to Family Guy. Daniel Panabaker was a voice on a 2010 episode of Family Guy. And another person that has done some voice work on Family Guy, or at least a Family Guy adjacent thing, is Jamie Kennedy. Um, He's the voice of a main character on The Cleveland Show, which is a Family Guy spinoff, so it counts. 
Jamie Kennedy plays the evil ice cream man in Max Keeble's Big Move. <laughs> Max Keeble's Big Move stars Lil Romeo, <laughs> who features on Santa Claus Lane with none other than Hilary Duff. You're a sick human being. <laughs> It's so fun. Like, in what universe would you really think that you could connect Hilary Duff singing Santa Claus Lane to Jamie Lee Curtis specifically in Christmas with the Cranks? But it can be done. That is pretty good. I feel like a mad scientist. That is funny. (laughs) Uh, Well, (laughs) wow. That was pretty good. Uh, But what is the Disney Channel lesson we learned today? The Disney Channel lesson that I learned today is if you see Santa Claus coming towards you or if you end up in a place where the sign just says, don't worry, you're here, you got to go. You got to get out of there. Mm -hmm. You got to run. It's not safe for you to be there. Little Romeo might be involved. Get out. Get out. I think my Disney Channel lesson is um, if you want to be a pop star, I would say maybe your first foray into it, like a full-length album, shouldn't be a Christmas album. That's very true. Where half the time you can't even sing your own stuff. All you uprising pop stars out there listening to the Time Machine. Yeah. If your TikTok label is telling you to make a Christmas album, tell Wait them Wait no. until you got a couple albums under your belt. Um, all right, Becca. If people want to see how the snow comes down in Tinseltown, <laughs> where you are, where can they find you? You can find me on Instagram and Twitter at Heyo, it's Becca, H-E-Y-O, Becca's Records on TikTok, Becca Stogner on YouTube. I'm coming out with a video of just ranking like every movie I watched in 2022 that came out in 2022, just to do a little sum sum, if that sounds interesting to you. Or you can check out my other podcast, Youth Group Survivor Support Group. We are YGSSG podcast on Instagram and Twitter. All right. And if you want to find me on any of the social medias, I'm at Real Hunter Martin on Instagram. Uh, H. Cameron Martin on Twitter. And if you want to keep up to date on everything about this podcast, we're on all the social medias. We're on Twitter, TikTok, Instagram. Just type in the Time Machine Podcast. You'll find us there. Um, rate and review us. Um, rate us on Apple Podcasts. Leave us a review. If you do that, we will shout you out and um, read your review on an episode. It'll be so much fun. Um, rate us on Spotify. Give us five stars if you don't mind. Um, follow us on all the social medias, like I said. Um, and when you follow us, you can tell us what you like, tell us what you don't like, tell us what you want to hear, tell us what you don't want to hear, um, because we want you guys to have so much fun listening to this as we have making it. All right. Wow. That's this is a wrap it. on the Time Machine's full episodes in 2022. If you guys were here last year, we did a year in review of 2021, so we are going to be doing a little one of those again, just to kind of look at where wrap we started and where we ended and just recount everything crazy yeah. crazy crazy that happened yeah. on the unlike disney here. channel we won't just close out a year at a random episode <laughs> exactly <laughs> and pick up where we left off so stick around to hear the 2022 year interview and stick around to hear what we have coming up in january of 2023 and until then we will see you later time travelers always buckle your seatbelts <laughs>